No purple songs can fly? Welcome to our program, produced by the Children in Treatment at the Texas Children's Cancer and Hematology Centers. Our program is about great music made by some terrific young talents. Now, here are the hosts of Purple Songs Can Fly. Hello and welcome to Purple Songs Can Fly on the Voice America Kids Network. I am Zachary Tavlin. I'm Emily Freeman. And I'm Dominic Dabala. And you're listening to Voice America Kids and Purple Songs Can Fly here at the Texas Children's Cancer Center. So today we're going to be talking with Miss Catherine Taylor about music therapy, acting, and a whole range of things. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I am so jazzed to be here. <laughs> so I'd, I'd kind of like to start off the show with uh, kind of telling everyone, what do you do? Oh, goodness. Okay. So I, um, in, my, in the music therapy world, I work Monday through Friday um, with people from age three up through adults, really. Um, using music to engage with them on everyday goal areas that are really unique to them. Mm -hmm. And then on the weekends, I get to perform on a stage with four of my best friends in the whole world, and we write musical comedy cabaret and get to perform that for the city of Houston. How awesome is that? It's really fun. That sounds amazing. Yes. And also really creative on both of those. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So let's start off a little bit. Let's talk about kind of your more early childhood and kind of get to where you are now. Oh, boy. Okay. So where were you born? I was born in a suburb of Cleveland, Ohio, on the west side of Cleveland, which was, um, as I describe it, a really great bubble to grow up in. Because uh, it was the <laughs> kind of place where we could leave you know, the car doors unlocked in the driveway and the garage open all day. And my mom would just push us outside and, you know, 70-degree weather in the summer, and we would be gone from, you know, sunrise to sunset, which was really nice, just playing with people. Right. Yeah. Um, and at, through school, I tried uh, everything from sports to music and art and um, finally found my niche in performing arts, um, which was a really good outlet for a quirky sense of humor and, um, <laughs> and overcoming shyness, too. I was really shy as a kid. I was mm-hmm. really into the books and nervous because I wanted to be polite all the time. So theater gave me the opportunity to play a little bit more. Or a lot more, as the case ended up. Mm-hmm. Right, come so, out of your shell. Yeah, <laughs> truly. I mean, yeah. Have you seen that personal growth continue even now, or was that uh, more of a childhood thing? Oh no, it's it's escalated, if anything, throughout my years in theater and in music therapy. So your interests sound super varied and diverse. Did you mm-hmm. have any like influences or inspirations that guided you down those many paths, or did you kind of discover it on your own? Uh, No, I did have influences, for sure. I grew up listening to Broadway music, and my family... Yeah, my family made a point to take us to the touring musicals that would come through. And um, I was was a very, very... I'm a petite person, but I was very small as a child, and I was always being told, no, you're not big enough yet, for anything Mm -hmm. I wanted to do. I wanted to play the saxophone. I wasn't allowed to do that. Had to play the clarinet. Wham, wham, wham. Um, but I was not too small for theater, you know, and, and even now I can still play a lot of kids roles because I, I look youthful. 
Um, so that was a really neat outlet for me when I was able to actually embrace my own characteristics and be who I was and not be told that I wasn't a good fit for something. Mm. Yeah. Do you have a favorite play? Oh, gosh. Now? Um, no, this is a really hard question. <laughs> I would take me for an answer this one. <laughs> favorite role. Oh, that's also hard. Um, can you maybe narrow it down to three? Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> I have to ask y'all. <laughs> I need to pause. <laughs> One of my, uh, I play a lot of varied character roles. So um, I used to get cast as the ingenue all the time because mm -hmm. I'm a classically trained singer. So one of my favorite roles was Marion in The Music Man. Um, mm -hmm. She's got a little feistiness to her, which I like. Right. And then she sings these beautiful love ballads. Mm -hmm. um, and then on the, the uh, totally opposite end of the <laughs> spectrum, I played a character named Little Sally in a show called Urine Town. The musical, mm -hmm. which um, was a, a satirical piece, but Little Sally is the opposite. She's so smart, but she's dirty, and she says whatever's on her mind without really thinking about how it's going to come out. Um, so I had a lot of fun with them. And then just uh, this past year, I played a role in the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee and got to actually process a lot of my own inner child work with... Um, playing the role that I did, which was this girl who, as I described myself earlier, really wanted to be polite and was kind of finding a way to let her quirks come through as strengths instead of something that made her an outcast. Mm. It just personally, I love Putnam County Spelling Bee. I remember listening to those songs. They're wonderful. Yeah. Love those music. So, from your early childhood, moving forward into kind of young adulthood, did those interests remain the same or did they narrow down into music? As, as a central theme? Well, I started piano lessons as a second grader, and I stopped around middle school taking lessons, um, you know, when it became work. Right. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and I really wanted to be able to accompany myself singing. So I, I just kind of funneled uh, my skills into where my my interests were so I, I just pull I bought sheet music that I was interested in and I practiced sight reading until I could accompany myself and my sister who is also a Broadway girl um, and we would stand next to the piano and sing together and um, that continued through high school and then also when I was in high school a, a really uh, formative moment was when my dad was ill he had mm -hmm. terminal cancer and we had hospice care for him so the piano was in the same room as his hospital bed. And as a 16-year-old, I had no idea how to verbally communicate with my father when he was in this state where his senses were shutting down, but his sense mm -hmm. of hearing was the one that stayed the longest, I think. Um, really? So I didn't have the words, but I had the music, and I knew what he loved, and I knew what connected us. So I would play the piano, and we would... Um, we would just non-verbally communicate. The music was the conduit for that connection between us. Wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. It is. It was something I didn't realize in the moment, but as an adult reflecting on it, it's, um, it's something that I will be eternally grateful for. Mm. Do you see that kind of communication through music carry through to today and your work as a music therapist? Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, and it continues to change me and inspire me um, on a daily basis. And it's always surprising. You know, like I said, when I was a teenager and I was connecting with my father in that way, I had no idea what was really transpiring. Right. And then 
I'll, you know, I'll, I'll go through what you'll hear later, the day of the life of a music therapist. And in the mo- I'll be so in the moment and invested with whoever I'm working with that I'm, um, I'm aware, but I'm not aware of the depth of what's happening as it's sure, happening until sure. afterward. And then I have this wow moment. And let's talk a little bit because I'm really interested in this <clears throat> as to um, who do you normally work with? Okay. Um, well, I work at a school called the Monarch School up in Spring Branch here in Houston. Uh-huh. And uh, it's a school for people with neurologic differences. So anything ranging from autism spectrum disorders to Asperger's to traumatic brain injury mm-hmm. or um, bipolar disorder, a whole range of diagnoses. Um, but the best part about it is that it's relationship-based. So um, everybody that I work with is not somebody who's, you know, this person with autism or this person with Asperger's, it's this person, right? And this person and this person, and we're all unique and quirky in our own ways. And how do we use music to come together and be, create something that's unified and yeah. beautiful. Yeah. And I really want to talk about that relationship and kind of that growth together mm-hmm. when we get back from break. Right. So um, this break, we're going to listen to a song called These Are the Happiest Things by Sophia, who wrote when she was 11 years old, and you are listening to Purple Songs Can Fly on the Voice America Kids Network. Happiness is walking through a grassy place with the bright sun making a lot of light, and my heart is purple because I'm excited about being healthy soon, but it's also yellow for all the happiness inside me. Watching movies with my family Scratching the belly of my dog Going to parties with my friends Swimming, laughing, having fun These are the happiest things These are the happiest things in grassy places Looking at purple and pink things Seeing yellow smiling faces These are the happiest things These are the happiest things These are the happiest things Jumping in the waves Looking for some pretty shells Searching for shells before the water begins On the shore with my brother Miguel These are the happiest things These are the happiest things Things. These are the happiest things. Happiness. 
Agnes is walking through the grassy place with the bright sun making a lot of light. And my heart is purple because I'm excited about being healthy soon. But it's also yellow for all the happiness inside me. got a show that will keep you on the pulse of the fashion world. Our hosts are two teens who know fashion, and they have the inside look when it comes to fashion for our generation. Tune in to Fashion Forward on Voice America Kids. We'll discuss what's hot and what's not, the latest in fashion trends, things to look for on the horizon, and more. Fashion Forward is your weekly guide to what to wear today, tonight, this weekend, and this season. Tune in every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for Fashion Forward on the Voice America Kids channel. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of the mall and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune in to Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good book. listening to Purple Songs Can Fly on the Voice America Kids channel. To find out more about our program, please visit the website at purplesongscanfly.org. Now, back to our show. Welcome back to Purple Songs Can Fly on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Zach Tavlin. I'm Emily Friedman. And I'm Dominic Dabala. And we're going to continue with our conversation about music therapy with Katherine Taylor. So, we talked a little bit about the kind of personal relationship you form with this children you work with mostly mm-hmm. um, I kind of want to learn a little bit about the education required to make those connections so where, where did you go to university I studied at Loyola University in New Orleans um, and I chose it specifically to study music therapy um, and then I did a clinical internship after graduation that was a, about a year long Um, at the Center for Music Therapy in Austin, Texas, which was really inspirational because it was, uh, if not the first private practice, one of the first really sustainable private practices Mm -hmm. that solely focused on music therapy work in a a big city, which is what I thought I wanted to do at the time, was have my own private practice and a facility. Um, And then since then, I've gotten extra certifications in music therapy with things like working with adults in this great method called the Bonnie Method of Guided Imagery and Music, which sounds really fancy, right? <laughs> what what uh, is that? <laughs> so and I'm, I'm an advanced trainee in that, so I'm very nearing my certification. 
Um, it's using music as, as a catalyst to, uh, to evoke imagery, to use our mm-hmm. imaginations and then process some stuff that might be a little too hard to process if I were just sitting here talking about it. You know, um, it's kind of like when we dream and then we wake up and go, oh, wow, and start to connect the dots of right. what that, what meaning that carries in our lives. So if you just imagine using music as a soundtrack to that kind of an experience, then um, some pretty amazing results can happen. Mm. And then um, I... Yeah, it's sounds really <laughs> profound. Oh, my gosh. It is. It is. It's something that's, that's changed me in a huge way. Um, and then I also got my neurologic music therapy certification um, up through uh, the Ungafer Academy at Colorado State University. What does a neurologic musical therapy certification like mean compared to a, like a I guess a not neurologic? Yeah, music therapy is complicated because we're we're young. We're young as far as professions go, right? Mm-hmm. So. Different college programs have specialized approaches to it. So, for instance, I went to school that specialized in more of a behavioral approach. Um, and then there are schools that specialize in a neurologic approach and schools that specialize in a psychodynamic approach. All of these big words, sure, right? Sure. Just basically to say that there are different routes to get to similar places. <laughs> I won't okay. say the same place, but um, <laughs> similar places. So. I was really curious about the fact that there were so many differences in the field. So I went to college at a behavioral school. Mm-hmm. I did my internship with a neurologic music therapist. And then all of this Bonnie method work that I do is psychotherapeutic. It's all about, you know, our, um, not only just our brains, but our, our kind of our spirits and our psyches, right? Um, neurologic music therapy really focuses in on the brain, the way that the brain processes music, and um, the way that we can affect change in the brain through the use of music, which is really cool. And it's something that scientists are also interested in. Mm-hmm. So no longer am I just the cool lady that walks in slumped over with a bag full of instruments on one arm and my guitar <laughs> and my other wheeling a cart with a keyboard on it, but um, somebody who pays attention to research and uses something really scientific to impact the work that I do. Um, so some, it's, it's an approach that's got, gotten the field of music therapy to be so well respected in other disciplines, you know, like neurology. That's very interesting. Thanks. That is. I think so too. Yeah. Thanks. So you talked about how all of these approaches kind of arrive at the same kind of place. Um, what what place is this? And, and do you notice a difference since you've been trained or at least had experience in all these different methods? Um, have you noticed a difference in using these methods to get the similar results in a similar patient? Yeah, I think different people would have different opinions on whether we do actually arrive at the same place um, because the whole th- approach has to be systematic, right? I'm not just going to go in and say, oh, this would be fun to do today. Let's do this. Right. You know, I have to have a goal in mind, you know, just like we do with anything. that we want to be productive in, right? Um, So, yeah, I've noticed that it, I I kind of have a toolbox, right? So Mm -hmm. I can, depending on who I'm working with, I can use a neurologic music therapy approach or, um, you know, under supervision now since I'm a trainee, I can use guided imagery and music through the Bonnie Method work with Mm -hmm. somebody um, or I can use, I, I typically don't really go the behavioral approach, ironically enough. Um, but I find that the, the common thread between them all, like they're arriving at the same place, is 
how do we make this a holistic experience that honors the person who's sitting across from me or the group of people in the room that I'm in? Is there a reason you choose not to use the behavioral approach? I, I believe you said your school Loyola was a behavior. Yeah, it was. Okay. <laughs> it was, and I don't think there's I don't think there's things that are wrong with it. But um, I'm I'm really really relationship oriented, and that's something that I've learned in my clinical work at the Monarch Institute. And um, I'm I'm more inclined to follow the client's lead about like and have this curiosity about well what are you interested in and let's make the let's make the relationship between you me and the music the thing that really motivates us you know instead of something like an external reward so it has its like the behavioral approach in my opinion has its place and the research backs it up and it's it's great but it's not something that I generally gravitate towards I understand I understand so like it, it's your personal experience in the field right. that kind of dictates what you what you choose to do totally but, okay mm-hmm. And I really want to talk about these uh, field experiences and kind of what you do with um, your patients Mm -hmm. uh, after we get back from break. Great. And we're going to wrap this up with the song, It Started With a Dream, written by the trio Merlin, Marari, and Jeremiah, who were ages 16, 7, and 11. There once was an astronaut named Heidi. She liked to fly space. She liked to see Venus and Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, and stars. It started with a dream, a desire to explore, to discover something new, to blast off and She's an inspiration to other souls. It started with a dream, a desire to explore, to discover something new, to blast off and soar. Thank you for taking our music into space. Always know that you have in our hearts a special place. There once was an astronaut named Heidi. She liked to fly in space. She liked to see Venus and Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, and stars. To discover something new, to blast off and soar. It started with a dream, a desire to explore, to discover something new, to blast off and soar. 
Join us every week for the Paper Hope Street Team. None of our topics are off the table. This is a program that you can listen to and discuss with your family. From the pages of the Paper Hope blog to the Internet radio airwaves, we'll talk about the topics you want to talk about, such as friendship and relationships, or some more controversial issues about sex, drugs, and underage drinking. Join the Paper Hope Street Team live every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Kids channel. Let's talk soon. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Have we got a show that will keep you on the pulse of the fashion world? Our hosts are two teens who know fashion, and they have the inside look when it comes to fashion for our generation. Tune in to Fashion Forward on Voice America Kids. We'll discuss what's hot and what's not, the latest in fashion trends, things to look for on the horizon, and more. Fashion Forward is your weekly guide to what to wear today, tonight, this weekend, and this season. Tune in every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for Fashion Forward on the Voice America Kids channel. Join Kid Chef Eliana for Cool Kids Cook. Eliana is one of the youngest published cookbook authors and will show you that there are all kinds of goodness in food beyond the chicken nuggets and fries. On our show, we'll discover cuisine from around the world, learn some great cooking techniques, speak with some of the world's top chefs, and share recipes. Kid Chef Eliana is here for you on Cool Kids Cook every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Bon Appetit! The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. We didn't invent Kid Talk, we perfected it, and at a very young age. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Looking for a show about your favorite movies, stars, and DVD releases? Get ready for Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Your hosts, all eight of them, have been selected by Kids First as film critics through a national competition. Each week, they will preview new movies before you see them, walk the red carpet with the stars, and will review the latest DVDs. Our hosts range from ages 7 to 14 to give you a wider kid's perspective. Kids First Coming Attractions is heard every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Kids. listening to purple songs can fly on the voice america kids channel to find out more about our program please visit the website at purplesongscanfly.org now back to our show
Welcome back to Purple Sons Can Fly on the Voice American Kids Network. I'm Zach Tavlin. I'm Emily Freeman. And I'm Dominic Dabala. And we're going to continue with our conversation about music therapy and more specifically kind of the experiences of a music therapist with Katherine Taylor. So, I am really curious. We've talked a lot about the approaches to music therapy and kind of how you got where you are now. Mm-hmm. Can you walk us through kind of a day in the life an, av- an average day in the world of music therapy. Oh, boy. What all you do. If there is such a thing. Uh, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> there are days in the life. that No two days are ever the same. And um, I'm fortunate in, well, in my opinion, I'm fortunate that I get to work with people throughout the course of an entire year before mm-hmm. they tra- either, you know, some of them I've worked with for eight years since I've been at Monarch, and wow. yeah, that's it's a really rich experience to get to know somebody over the long term, yeah. um, especially when music is involved. And then, uh, even though I see these people once or twice a week, the experience is always evolving, which it should, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I work with uh, individuals and I work with people in groups. Um, okay. And it's, it ranges in everything from, like, getting there in the morning, you know, checking all of my email notes and reviewing my documentation, and um, then welcoming in whoever I'm going to work with. I specifically like to schedule individuals in the morning because I find that, for me personally, it eases me into relationship with somebody, and um, it's just what works for me. So I'll teach adapted lessons like piano, a piano lesson or a guitar lesson in the morning, and then um, I'll have groups of anywhere from two students and you know a, a professional educator supporting them in the room to up to six students. So, for instance, after lunch every Tuesday, I teach a guitar class of six mm-hmm. students who have all just finished nourishing themselves with <laughs> <laughs> sugar. Right, right. So some of makes some their fingers of, quicker. Yeah, right. <laughs> for better or for worse. Um, <laughs> So some some sessions are really high energy and some sessions are really low key. Mm-hmm. So I find that I'm constantly having to modulate my own energy and able and being able to go with the flow of wherever that person or those people need the music and right. need to go. What right. controls whether a session is low key or high key? Ah, uh, the um, well, the the client, the person that I'm working with, and me keeping in mind what are their goals and objectives you know what are we really here to do and I'm really transparent with everyone I work with where they know what we're working on you know as far as they can have some understanding of it Um, yeah so that impacts how high energy the session is and a lot of times I use improvisation I'm a, a huge fan of that because I find that if we're able to manipulate the elements of music to um, support that therapeutic relationship, Mm -hmm. then first of all, it's really fun to create something. Um, And then secondly, it's often really reflective of who that person is and where they are and um, where they're going, where we're going. Okay. Would you say the doctors appreciate and respect the therapy that you work with? Right, yeah. Well, we have, um, the doctors in my personal setting are psychologists, clinical psychologists, um, and they do respect music therapy work to the point where I get invited to go speak to the board about what we're doing, which is a huge honor, you know, to be able to have the floor with people and say, this is the incredible work we're doing, and 
um, we're proud of it, you know, and we're integrated into this community with psychologists and with um, speech therapists and physical therapists and occupational right. therapists. So we all have a really collaborative approach, and I think that's only possible because the leadership honors all of what we do. Okay. That's good. And so I really want to talk about this kind of collaborative approach mm-hmm. and um, kind of how you can achieve specific goals with patients uh, when we get back from break. <laughs> so we're going to listen to this song, Gonna Be Free, which was written by Eric when he was 18 years old. Tends to explain 
minutes of fame how about four times that every single week it's the fame game listen as maddie rose who is up and coming in the world of fame brings you fame from all walks of life you'll hear from doctors teachers mentors life heroes as well as those in the fields of acting movies music and more who knows you might be the next one maddie rose talks to on the air listen for the fame game every wednesday at 5 p.m pacific time 8 p.m eastern time on the voice america kids channel The later it gets, you're listening to Voice America Kids. What's cooking? Join Kid Chef Eliana for Cool Kids Cook. Eliana is one of the youngest published cookbook authors and will show you that there are all kinds of goodness in food beyond the chicken nuggets and fries. On our show, we'll discover cuisine from around the world, learn some great cooking techniques, speak with some of the world's top chefs, and share recipes. Kid Chef Eliana is here for you on Cool Kids Cook every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Bon appetit! listening to purple songs can fly on the voice america kids channel to find out more about our program please visit the website at purplesongscanfly.org now back to our show welcome back to purple songs can fly on the voice america kids network i'm zachary tevlin i'm emily freeman and i'm dominic dubala we're going to continue with our conversation about music therapy with miss katherine taylor and so just really quickly um i'm curious i was about to go into this in the last segment um, what types of goals do you encounter and do you work with with patients in music therapy? Well, at the Monarch Institute, we have four core goals. And um, I would be lying if I said that didn't impact any of the private practice work I do because, in fact, it, it's changed me and my approach profoundly. 
Um, mm. So we have self-regulation, like which involves like sensory skills, you know, being being able to process what sensory information we're getting and regulate ourselves so that we can, you know, be with it, right? Yeah. Um, and self-awareness of how am I being affected by all of this information that's coming into me, and what am I doing with it? Um, and then relationship development, which might seem self-explanatory but then can get really fun and complicated when we think about how do we use all of our sensory experiences in relationship with somebody else um, and then we have goal number three executive functioning skills so how am I at planning and organizing and carrying out tasks to completion or even deciding what I want to do making a choice mm -hmm. or problem solving if I hit a bump in the road and then um, the fourth one is exec or is academic and professional competence. Mm. So it's like, how do I use my executive functioning skills to be proficient in what I've set out to do? You know, whether I, it's getting a college degree. Or, right. And can I apply that? Yes. Yeah. It's the application in a community with people. So professionally, I'm using my executive functioning skills every day and polishing them <laughs> because <laughs> I am a curious creative. So it doesn't, it's something I have to work at, but do I turn in my documentation on time? Do I go to meetings? Do I show up for appointments on time? And um, so those four core goals really impact my work across the board. And then within those, I can come up with shorter term objectives, you know, that are more like project based or just really um, further defining where right. we're going. It right. sounds like one of each of these goals builds on the other one. They're all related. To, yeah. So more like like a practical output. Yeah, know? yeah. And at Monarch, we call it the I and the we. So, for instance, like oh. self-regulation and self-awareness is the I, and then you put the we into it by being in relationship development with somebody else. And then executive functioning is the I, right? Like I can work on that on my own. Um, and then the we part of that is being in community, either professionally or academically. What would you say the age range is of, of the uh, students, I guess, the monarch? Right. Um, yeah, well, we've been growing so much. So um, when I started, we just went from like three years old through high school age, um, around 18. And now we have this really cool vocational program where we have students who are studying at universe or at colleges and universities and then um, we have oh gosh it, the last time I checked it was like five houses and some apartments where people were practicing living independently and all of those wow. important skills that we need oh, um, that's great. it's so cool yeah, yeah. so we have adults I, I work with people um, I think the oldest person I work with is 32 Mm. Um, which is really cool. I'm 31, so there's <laughs> there are different levels of engagement that I have with everyone, right. um, and age and developmental lo levels impact that greatly too. And a great range. Yeah. yeah, it's so fun. That's why there's never a single day in the life of a music <laughs> therapist that's the same. Right. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons that being a music therapist kind of would appeal to a lot of people is that excitement and diversity. Yes. And I, I know that uh, during the break we're talking a little bit. And uh, Dominic had a really cool question that might lead into that uh, for right. audience members. If you have any advice for someone who'd like to become a musical therapist, mm -hmm. do you have any tips on how to get there or any things to look out for oh, yes. to become one? Sure. Okay, so to be a music therapist, my top tip uh -huh. is to observe different music therapists in action, mm -hmm. right? 
Um, and most, if not all, music therapists are really excited about the opportunity to have a, somebody come shadow us, you know, for mm-hmm. an hour, for a full day, whatever it is. Right. Um, because I went into college not n- having no experience whatsoever with music therapy, but already having declared that my major. So I went into my first practicum study going, ah, I'm switching majors, I can't do this, this is so hard, I don't even know how to play guitar, I don't know, people want me to be able to have a song for every topic, ah, this is so much stress. Come on, there's no turning back now. (laughs) Well, good thing I'm stubborn. (laughs) Yeah, but I really feel like if I would have observed somebody in action, it would have taken some of the shock out of it mm-hmm. and helped me realize that okay I have more choices in this and I can specialize and um, the other funny thing is I was terrified of working with kids and now if like you know that's all I've done is work with um, young people so uh, after observing then I would say really do homework as far as like what what school to go study at um, mm-hmm. because like I said earlier they're all they all have different approaches and um, it's important to go meet the people that you're going to be study with, studying with and learning from, um, aside from just meeting them on paper. But really f- sensing, it, to me, it's important to sense that there's a connection there interpersonally. Um, so after you go through this whole college program, you have to be prepared to do a, at least a six-month internship. Again, very fun, um, huge learning experience, very humbling. All of these things that I thought I knew after graduating from college and you know, winning this award of you know most promising music <laughs> therapy, whatever the, the award was, a great music right. therapy student of the year. Right. And then going into my internship and going, oh my gosh, <laughs> I don't think I know it. Feeling like I went back to square one where I was freshman year in college and mm-hmm. wondering if I could make this happen. Um, but throughout the course of that clinical internship, it's um, an opportunity to really experience over the long term days in the life of a music therapist and finding a new groove, you know, a new right. sense of normal that's, you know, being a lifelong learner but not necessarily being a student. Yes. Right, right. right. Um, and then after that, you get the fun of sitting for a board certification exam. Mm-hmm. So study up, um, uh, <laughs> practice those standardized tests, and. Uh, <laughs> Um, you'll do well, and then if you don't want to have to repeat that experience, you can get recertified every five years by doing continuing continuing education experiences. Okay. Yeah. All of this sounds um, very familiar to me as a fresh college student. <laughs> I, all these standardized tests in the future, and oh gosh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, is there a type of person that you would recommend, like if you these qualities would help you in being a music therapist? And you know, be be ideal. Or, um, well, there are different areas to specialize in it. So you could be a researcher. I am not a researcher. I am a clinician through and through. I love to be in the trenches. I love the excitement and the adrenaline rush of, you know, meeting somebody and figuring out where we're going with this. Right. And I think that's possible in research, but I'm not a desk person. I do not want to be sitting at a desk okay. until the wee hours of the morning and typing up research papers um uh, so but so you can have different cognitive strengths right going into this um but the creativity is really important and then i think also like resilience and compassion would Mm -hmm. be the two other main traits that i think are really really important okay sounds like you've come a long way and you've made great impacts on the people you've met along the way 
Thank you. That sounds beautiful, the way you're interacting with other people. Yeah. Thanks. I find that they impact me. Perhaps I feel like they impact me more than I impact them, but it's a two-way street, you know, so yeah. <laughs> we could hopefully, you know, the people I work with, we could sit in a room and argue, no, you've impacted me more. No, you've impacted me more. <laughs> we need each other. <laughs> we, d- we Perfectly suddenly, we need each other. And I, I feel this conversation has been impactful to me. I've learned so much about music therapy. Yeah, and same here. Goodness gracious, there's this whole world, and you're, you're never sure of it, and then you talk about it, and it's like, I learned so many different things. Thank you so much for being here today. My pleasure. And if you want to learn more, you can go to musictherapy.org, and that's our national association, so you can learn more about music therapy and find music therapists in your area. And um, just support the field and learn some more. That get sounds great. Know. I'll definitely check it out. Get Thank to you. Know. get started. And so we're going to end the show today with a song called Peace and Love, written by Rachel when she was 16 years old. Purple is the color of royalty. In the hood is loyalty. Ballin' playing PS2. Make it and rapping too. Purple songs is where it goes down. Laying tracks. Thanks for listening to Purple Songs Can Fly. We'll see you again next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids channel. And remember, for more information about the Purple Songs Can Fly project, visit www.purplesongscanfly.org. We'll be back with more music next week. Marie from Bookworm and now from the Kidstar Album of the Month. Here's Mr. Saxophone Dave Farmer with the Gila. In the Mexican desert, there lives an orange and black lizard called the Gila Monster. Hey! I am not a monster! That is my feelings. No offense, that's just what they call you. That's just me. I am not so bad. My apologies. Now, the Gila Monster's skin is blotchy and bumpy. Full hey! What's your problem? This interview is over if you can't be more nicer. Sorry, let's see. Uh, how's this? His skin is an abstract pattern of stripes and spots. Hey, I like that. Abstract. That's cool. And man, does he love to dance. Make some room, Gringo. I don't go so fast, but I make every move count. Look out!
Zahila. Monster, that is. Wait, you're okay with that, right? Yeah, I embrace it now. It's, it's who I am, you know? Hey, you hungry? Uh, I can eat. <laughs> my brother has a great little place of jerky. Sounds great. Here, we'll take my car. Let me uh, get the door for you. Okay. Hey, hey watch my tail. Oh, sorry, sorry. It'll grow back, but I like the one I got. Oh, well, go ahead. I got you. I got you. Gracias. That was Dave Farber, Mr. Saxophone, from the Kidstar Album of the Month. Check it out on our website, kidstar.org. <laughs>